The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, Smo, first of all, that was off-the-record conversation. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I actually am because I know Caleb Plant very well. We trained at the same gym together. Um, he's his advisors was one of my fighters. You know, there's there's family ties there. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm more excited about seeing someone that's close to us and close to the team. Uh, I'm also excited for Kamaru. You know, he's part of the team also with Francis and Gunnar and everyone. So I like them both. Um, but I'm excited about Caleb getting his shot. Kamaru's the pound for pound best mixed martial artist in the world already. Nothing's going to change this upcoming weekend. So his fight's very important. But I'm a little more excited for Canelo, uh, for Caleb. Cause this this is a huge step for him. And hey, you don't have to convince me. Caleb's the first boxer I ever interviewed, and we get an opportunity to unify the belts. Canelo's the number one pound for pound boxer in the world. I know that you know they love Canelo there. What were you doing in Guadalajara? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a bad joke. Private business. <laughs> Private business. Okay. But yeah, Canelo, Caleb Plant, that'll be exciting. And first off, I want to say, kind of lost my voice a little. I'm okay though. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm tested. I'm oh, negative. No, don't worry. Hey, we, we got the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, Didn't want to do it, but you know me. Yeah, got the vaccine, fully vaccinated. Thought we would have to use it for travel for yes. everything, too. Yeah. So, hey, if you were small, sick or not, we with you. You know what I mean? We with you. <laughs> now she's and, good. And by the way, she lost her voice for probably yelling at your crazy <laughs> That's ass. exactly what happened. <laughs> We, we were in Florida. We were at the PFL, and she lost her voice screaming at me when we're driving on the Florida freeway to try to navigate from that stuff. <laughs> make a laugh. Make a right. Small. Fucking listen to me. That's right. I can't even argue with that. That happened. His road rage. Yeah. You know, bad drivers. I hate being on other people's time when yeah. it comes to driving. It kills me. It kills me. So Dewey Cooper. Black Cobra Striking Systems. Yes, sir. Pleasure to see you in the flesh. Thank you. It's always good to be around you, Schmo. Always good seeing you, Helen, my my counterpart from the Mayweather Show. Yeah, she used to podcast with us I also. Know. Big shots to the Mayweather uh, YouTube and everything. Yeah, shout out to them. Big shots to, to you, Schmo. Man, we got a lot of love for you, brother. So it's a pleasure being here. And we brought from Cameroon. Carlos. <laughs> Hackham. Yes. It's me. It's you. Ex-heavyweight <laughs> champion. That's right. WBO Cream champion. of the crop. Fought the Carlos who's who. Takum. Heavyweight boxing. In and hold on. It's Carlos Takam. Takam. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here with Dewey. You know you know how I'm with Dewey? Tell me how you're with Dewey. So... You know Francis is my brother, right? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought uh, yeah. maybe a little. <laughs> of course, of course. Francis and Gunu, that <laughs> the heavyweight champion yeah. of the world. I was with Francis. I told I asked Francis, you know, I, I want somebody to to make to make me bad work. He told me, yes, I know some guy, some good guy. You're gonna like him. And the first time I met him, I was in Francis' house. I in come over to visit <laughs> the garage to visit, and he see me say, oh Carlos. Let's do a party. Let's, let's walk in together. So I move my, <laughs> I move my clothes. I stay with the, the yes. jean. I have a jean, right? Yes. Okay. So I start to work with him. He said, "Oh shit, damn." He said, <laughs> he said, he said, uh, he said um, "Francis, definitely that guy. I think we're gonna work together." 
Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm at Francis and Gallo's house. We're in the garage. Francis and I were doing a little little easy weekend workout. Carlos comes up looking like a a rich NFL football player. (laughs) Had the cool gear on, Louis Batuck, Christian Batuck. You know, he Carlos, if you guys have never seen him out, man, he dresses to the T, man. He's sharp as hell. You know, remember, he's Cameroonian by way of France, so he got that cool-ass fashion. Uh, (laughs) And he came in the garage, swole, looking like an NFL football player. And I was like, holy shit, that's Carlos Takum. And, you know, we worked out. It was awesome. He was punching hard as hell. Damn, they broke my ribs. But, you know, it was awesome, man. Like, <laughs> so I imagine you are a sparring partner or a training partner with Francis, at least when it comes to stand-up? Yes. You know, I trained with Francis since in Africa. Even when he was in Paris, he trained in my gym every time. When he went to box and he come to see me I'm with my coach and I asked to spar, you know. I trained with, with Francis. I don't know... He told you about that story, yeah, he right? Told me, he told me the story. <laughs> so one day we have a uh, exhibition fight, you know, with Francis. You know, Francis, he, he don't like when you when you punch him. <laughs> so my my trainer told me, Carlos, go easy, right? I said, yeah, I'm gonna go easy, but you know, Francis, he's always wanna kill somebody. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so we start to train and we start to fight the exhibition fight. So Francis, he, I know he don't like it. Body shot, yes. I hate him. The body shot. I said she get he get mad. <laughs> <laughs> he get, get angry. <laughs> he catched me. He catch me in the in the corner of the ring. He start to punch me like I said, Francis, come on, man, come down. I said it's an exhibition. He said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he lets Ryan Garcia and everyone take the Francis body shot challenge. But when it's you. <laughs> doesn't want to be touched. That's the good guy. I like him. So you've been training with him for years? Yeah, for years in Paris. In Paris. So that means you're in the same gym with Cyril Gahn, who's the upcoming opponent too? No. Gahn wasn't there yet. That that was the first gym when Francis came in Paris. That's before Francis was in UFC. Yeah, before Mm -hmm. UFC. And one day he told me, Carlos, listen, I'm going to... I'm gonna to try to fight uh, MMA. That time I don't know what's MMA. <laughs> what's MMA? He said, martial art mix. I don't know something like that. Said, okay, <laughs> go ahead. So after a while, after six months or one year, he told me, "I'm gonna sign with UFC." I said, "Okay." I don't know UFC. What's that? <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go stay in Vegas. Then start training with that people there." I said, "All right, cool." And if I don't know, like. Three here after I hear Francis, I hear they were speaking about Francis everywhere in the TV, in the radio. I call him and say, "Brother, what are you doing in Vegas?" He said, "Watch TV." So I watch TV. I see that big guy, UFC, MMA. I said, "Wow, damn!" I said, "Come on, man, definitely respect you no. Know, everything you do, everything you do." I uh, I remember when we was you was here in France. You tried to. To, to, to boxing, you try to be professional boxing, and then you told me one day I'm gonna be a MMA fighter. So I believe in you, you know. Every time you told me I'm gonna do that, I said, let's do it, go do it. So now, my brother, he's an everywhere champion in MMA, UFC. Yes. So definitely a big, big respect now. And he's a movie star yeah. now, too. Yeah. Yes. In the <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, that's cool. And I'm sure many more to come. <laughs> yes. And he's so. Sorry, uh, I won't talk as much just because my voice. But when we interviewed him, he still says he has his boxing dream still, though. Yes, yes, of course, because he wants the box first. So yeah. Yeah. anytime it's something you want to do, it's definitely going to be there until, of course, he uh, satisfies that that hunger in him for boxing. And uh, I'm hoping it happens. Well, he starts. He starts. Start I know. Boxing. I know. You know when we we, we was. We were sitting after we always dreaming to be a champion, you know, to be a <clears> world <throat> champion in the boxing, like Francis, like me, you know. Every time we were speaking uh, about boxing in Africa, because I started boxing before Francis, when I was in um, national team. Francis was not in national team yet. So after I traveled to, after I fled to, 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 
Olympic Games. Yes. Yes. At that time, after Olympic Games, I hear they told me, like, yes, they come and have the new heavyweight champion in the, in, in, in the city. They were speaking about Francis. But that time, I don't know him. You know, I don't know him yet. So after a while, I hear they, told, they, they was told me, like, yes, you know that heavyweight champion in, uh, from Cameroon in Africa. I said, yes. He said, he's here in France. I said, okay. I tried to meet Francis that way. When I met him, we become friends. So was this, because you were an Olympian, was was this the Athens Olympics, 2004? Yeah, 2004 in Athens, yeah. Yeah, you've been around for a while. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, people don't realize. I've been around for a while, but I started boxing and I was 2022, too late. Wow. Yes, everybody told me, like, come on, Carlos, that's a joke. What do you want to do in the box? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to try it didn't Jake Paul start late too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But 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 Jake Paul wasn't an Olympian. Jake Paul's my guy. BJ Flores is my guy, you know, but yeah. but different, you know, he went through the amateurs, went through the nationals, went through got to the Olympics and has had a long professional career. Uh, so it's a little different. So it's not on the same level. He went through the rigors and the vigors of being a boxer versus you know, catapulting yourself up there. No hate on Jake. He's doing it the right way. But this is the real way the boxers go, the way Carlos did it. And you fought the who's who's, the Joe Joyce's, uh, Anthony, Anthony Joshua, Joshua. Yeah. Derek Tezora, Joseph yeah. Parker. Anthony Joshua was, was 10-day notice. Oh, don't forget that. Yes, 10-day <laughs> notice, guys. Yeah. We're not forgetting. So... Ten days notice, you yeah. fight Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. who until obviously with the Usyk, considered some argued, you know, the best in the game right now. Obviously, Tyson Fury is, yes. I would say, the separated uh, himself at that time when he fought him. Was Joshua was fight. considered the best Correct. in the game. Correct. I was supposed to fight Usyk in two thousand. What two thousand? I forget. Like twenty. Yes, twenty. A year ago. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to. Yeah, I was supposed to fight him in two thousand twenty in Chicago. The first time they say they have it, he have an engine in his hand, mm-hmm. and the second time I don't know what happened. They tell me like, yes, you're gonna see, but no now. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Well now he now, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but now we gotta see him fight Tyson Fury, right, to unify the belts. Mm, before that, well, he has, he has Joshua. Yeah, yeah. rematch yeah. with Joshua yeah, first. Rematch, I think so. Who wins it? Who wins what, the rematch? Oh, yeah. Well, wow. well, most people thought Joshua was going to win the first fight. Yeah. Um, I knew if he went in there boxing too much and being too much of a sportsman, I knew Usyk would beat him. Uh, people underestimate these cruiserweights moving to heavyweight. They're a little faster. Um, they have better endurance. If the fight gets deep, most of the time they can win on, on the scorecards. Yeah. Uh, you got to rough these guys up. I feel if Anthony Joshua is true to his words that he's saying right now, that he's coming to fight, he's he he, it's going to be personal. Yeah. I think he can get it done. If it's a boxing fight, though, Usyk going to touch him up again. He needs to prepare better for southpaws Definitely. also. But he needs to come with a whole different Anthony Joshua, come mean in the clinch, punching him, leaning on him, throwing him against the ropes. He got to come real, real grimy. You know, like a dude from the hood versus uh, a rich Brit. And we'll see. I think he can do it. But if someone had a gun to my head, I would probably say he's going to go back to the gentleman boxing at some point and probably yeah. get beat on the scorecards again. For me, I think I think if uh, if the fight go by decision, is he going to win again? Yes, definitely. Definitely, because... You know, he's got the speed, obviously the size, skills, the, skills. Skills, the <laughs> yeah. right training camp. Yeah, yeah. Right you know, Usyk's Us- 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 a, a really excellent boxer. He's also an Olympian. People keep forgetting about that, you know. He, uh, he, he has a high pedigree, and he has more amateur fights than yeah, Anthony. Yeah, he has 100 amateur fights. Yeah, so Anthony only had, what, 30, something like good. that, not many. Uh, so if it's a boxing fight, I agree with Mr. Takum here. I see Usyk touching him up again. Yes. 
I want to see Anthony Joshua really be true to his words, really change the mentality, and really work hard. And it's possible. We've seen Tyson Fury, what he did in a rematch with Deontay Wilder. He he went he went to 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 crunk Jim. He went and got that real work instead of that gentleman boxing stuff. And he told Deontay in the second fight, I'm coming at you. And no one thought he was, and he did. So people can change if they're willing to put it in their minds, their hearts, and their spirit. So do we? I want to ask you something. Yes. What do you think about that fight, Tyson Fury and Dewey um, and Wilder? The last one? It was, it was the fight of the year, like they say, or no? Um, <clears throat> I was in Liverpool, England, because I just won my 10th <laughs> world title the same night. Yeah. Jamie Mitchell went out there and smashed Shannon Courtney. A lot of people don't know that. Yes, I won boxing world titles as a coach. God damn it, I won more boxing world titles than anything else. But anyway, I watched the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three in Liverpool with a bunch of Brits all over, all around me. And man, to ask your question, Mr. Takum, I don't think so. As a fan, I say it was the most exciting heavyweight belt I've seen in a long time. Mm. As a strictly a fan, but as a coach, I didn't like it at all. Street fighting, wild, wild technique. Um, <laughs> we we often mistake excitement with a real well high class um, boxing fight, and um, I, I felt Deontay Wilder was a little too emotional. He was way too stressed. That, that that adrenaline dump was real, and I felt Tyson Fury got a little a little unruly with his techniques too. But at least he used the jab, and he he followed, tried to follow the game plan. And you seen his coach getting mad at him too because yeah. it was a little too they were too emotionally invested, and they were street fighting a little too much. Deontay Wilder let me down. He looked so good on the pads with Malik Scott. I'm like, man, he's gonna beat Tyson this time. He looked sharp. Went in there and threw technique out the window and just threw wild flailing punches and I was so disappointed watching that fight. See, I actually was more impressed with Wilder. I thought it was going to be far more lopsided than it was. They both weighed the heaviest they've been in since they fought each other. I think Tyson weighed in at 278, Deontay at 238. Yeah, like that's heavy for Deontay Wilder. Very heavy. Very and heavy. Very heavy. when he dropped him twice in the fourth round, Tyson Fury's never been dropped twice in the round. Like. Yes. I thought Deontay was going to win the fight. And then yes. obviously from that point on and going forward, wear and tear, it, it, it prevailed. I think Tyson used his weight and he just leaned on him. He leaned on him and wore him down. And he established the jab, as you said, and he kept making Deontay fight off his back foot, which proved to be successful from the second fight. Yes, but the knockdowns, the first knockdown after Deontay was getting beat up when he knocked him down, how'd he knock him down? With a basic straight punch. He threw it 20%. Imagine had he thrown that punch properly and fully. He'd have knocked Tyson out with one punch. The reason why I said I was unhappy as a trainer, his techniques were so sloppy. Mm -hmm. Feet off, you know, off balance, feet getting too wide, swinging, purse swinging type punches. Of course, Tyson Fury was able to defend him. The moment Deontay Wilder threw a proper technical punch, he did damage. And, and so I agree. Deontay fought, he showed a lot of heart. He showed grit. He showed that he was willing to do like he says and die in the ring. But technically, he was so unsound. And it wasn't because his training. I watched the videos every day. He was throwing his shit right on, on the pads and on the bag. So that means there was a disconnect from the techniques he learned in the gym to the adrenaline, the endorphins, and the emotions of the fight. People forget fight night when you're walking down that motherfucking alley to get to the ring, shit gets really real. And if you get too emotional, you'll your body won't even won't even be able to perform the techniques it's, it's practiced. And to me, that was what was so disappointing about it. I agree, exciting fight. Deontay Wilder showed heart and balls, but he didn't show brains because no. he didn't stay focused and throw his techniques properly. I really felt if he threw, them, threw his right hands a little straighter, trusted his jab, not getting so frantic with the jab into the body, getting all out of position and shit, he could have got uh, Tyson Fury. I felt like Tyson Fury wasn't as sharp as he normally was, and I was, I was surprised he wasn't as sharp as he normally is. That night was the night for Tyson Fury to fall, and Deontay just just didn't have the, the the technical supremacy to do it. That's why I was unhappy with the fight. Exciting fight, though. Very exciting fight. 
So putting it all full circle, when it's all said and done, whether it's Usyk, whether it's Joshua, whether it's Fury, this time next year, who's got all the belts? Hmm. And by the way, real one other thought. I was happy when I, I was like you when Wilder gained that weight. I said, yeah, he's going to be strong. Yeah. But when he got in the ring, I was very unhappy. Why? Because all that weight was upper body. None of the weight was where it needed yeah. to be. In his goddamn legs. You got to put weight in your legs. Legs are the key to boxing. He has power with having skinny legs and narrow hips. Imagine if he put the real size in his legs. He would kill people. So I was very disappointed when I seen the legs, the most important part of having power and maintaining your power through a 12-round fight is your legs, your glutes, your hips. They got to be strong. Um, and and they, they weren't up to par in that. Answer your question, a year from now, I got to say, I think, um, unless Carlos Taco no, gets no, no, a no. fight. Go ahead, go ahead. And unless he gets a fight with Usyk or Fury, I have to say Fury will be the one with the belts. I can't see Usyk beating him because he's going to put that jab on Usyk, tie him up, make it ugly, lean on him. And I think I think he'll beat Usyk in a fight, in a tough fight, but I think he'll get it done. What do you think, <laughs> Carlos? Yes, like you say, I can't see Usyk uh, beat Tyson Fury, but I want to wait. I, I, I want to wait to the next fight, Usyk, Usyk and Joshua, to to see what happened yes. before I, before I say something, you know. Yes. Because I would like to see uh, Joshua and Fury fighting. I would like to see that fight. And what about you? What do you yeah. want next? What we want next? <laughs> In a perfect world, no, I want. Normally, I was supposed to fight that guy, Trevor Bryan, WBA heavyweight title. Yeah, That's what I want to see. So Dunn King's heavyweight. We're gonna we're gonna make that fight in February next year. Excellent. Yes. All right, there it is. That's yeah. what we wanted. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> Trevor Bryan has the WBA heheavyweight title yeah. right now, and uh, that's the fight I, I was, love to yeah, see. I Carlos. was supposed to fight him in next summer. Just, yeah, yes. Next year, he's, he's not ready for the fight in next summer. So. We put the fight in February. Put the fight in February. And then Francis is fighting in January. January 22nd, yeah. UFC 270. Man. And I'll just say this I'm right tough. off the bat, too. Like, you know, feel free to chime in. Everyone talks about the greatest heavyweight of all time in MMA. Yeah. And a lot of people say Stipe Miocic. Well, DC was able to get a trilogy fight. How come Stipe wasn't able to get a trilogy fight? How come we weren't able to see the the Stipe trilogy fight with Francis and we get the Cyril gone fighting for the interim title and everything like that? I was just curious how Stipe was put off to the side pretty quickly, not getting a rematch. That was always what shocked me. I call that the invisible political machine. For some reason, the political machine, the the, the system that makes everything the way it is just didn't want to see that. Um, Francis expected it. You know, Francis was willing to definitely do a third fight with Stipe. Um, and we kind of thought that's what it would be if it weren't John Jones. Right. Um, and then something else happened. Uh, we're all still kind of shaking our head about that, wondering why. Uh, Francis even alluded it. In, in, in a video before Gunn and um, uh, uh, my Derek boy Lewis. Derek Lewis fought. He, he was on the boat chilling, doing the things he doing. He even said that Stipe should be next. Francis even said it. So we don't know, man. When it comes to MMA and, and UFC in particular, they move to their own beat, um, and they have the right to do so. They basically created this sport that we love so much. Yeah. But unfortunately, sometimes there's no reason for for what they do and in that case there was no reason for it well how frustrating was it when they made that interim title very frustrating because i remember you went after francis uh stopped jds and, and you were questioning him and he was like this should have been for the interim title what are we doing and then he fought rosenstrew after that that should have been for the interim title francis was was petitioning for an interim belt for like two years and never got it kept knocking off guys kept knocking off guys never got his rematch with Stipe at the time and Stipe wanted to do his thing with DC so we should have got an interim title for sure 
This time, Francis wins the belt in a rematch with Steve Bay. Four and a half months later, they expect him to fight another title fight in Houston, Texas, not realizing he went to Cameroon to see his family for a month. He just became the first African UFC heavyweight champion in Cameroon. You know, of course he has to go see his family and all of this. So the whole thing happened really weird. We were shocked by it. Um, Francis was definitely very unhappy by it. He, he told them that the dates he was willing to fight Derek Lewis and for some reason uh, the system, the machine, wanted him to fight a certain date. And it was only four months after he had won the belt. Who does that? anyway, especially when he has so many obligations after that championship. So it was weird, but they created an interim belt after four months when there was a, a undisputed heavyweight champion. That wasn't like Francis was injured or anything. It's weird the way they did it, but like I said, when you have no one to answer to, you can make policies and regulations the way you see fit. That's what UFC has done. It's official now, uh, January 22nd. Francis and Surreal will fight. And uh, to me, he's the interim champ, but it shouldn't be an interim champ. So we'll get to see the champion, Francis and Gunn, who defend his belt against Surreal Gunn. And it's going to be a very exciting, excellent matchup. There's drama. There's all kind of <laughs> intermingling concepts. And it's going to be a great night of fighting. It's crazy, too, because you said it yourself. It's drama. And, you know, drama sells. That's what everyone wants. Former camp, former training partner, former coach, comes to Vegas. You're a striking coach. He goes to Extreme Couture. I mean, he rattle, rattle, goes through guys, just knocks them out, and he's the champion. But what's so interesting, too, is like I remember prior to 2018, prior to that first Stipe fight and everything, they were really pushing Francis's name. Yeah. There was a lot of what you said earlier. You brought up on TV, watch me on TV. Everyone talked about Francis. Yeah. And after that loss, it just seems like obviously he's come back to his ways and he's the champion now. That's what the ultimate goal was. But they haven't pushed him the same as they did prior to that first Stipe loss in 2018. Yeah, it's just, you know. Was it 2018? Yeah. 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 You know, things happen uh, for some reason. Um, Dana and, and the guys that make the de make the uh, decisions kind of are doing what they f see fit. Uh, uh, we don't know the reason. We don't know the rationale behind it, but they're doing what they think is right, which our team think is absolutely not right, but it's okay. One thing about fighting, guys, at some point people are going to have to fight. At some point belts will be decided, champions will be known, and history will be made. And that's our goal, to be on the top of that history board for a long time. And January 22nd is no different for me. Me as a coach, I don't even look at opponents, man. I look at fights. I look at us doing what we have to do to win, and that's what I care about. Um, because Gunn is definitely a formidable opponent, and whether he got there skipping the line or not, that's the reality of it. Francis already agreed to fight him, so it's going to go down January 22nd, and we're going to prepare Francis best we can to be victorious, and that's what we plan on being. And he's going to win. 100%. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> what was your reaction to a couple of weeks ago to John Jones is in town? He gets the Hall of Fame acceptance, and obviously this is someone, too, that Francis has in the back yeah. of mind for the future, mega for fight. legacy, for Megafight, everything. Mega. Allegiant Stadium, yes. it could have been there. Oh. And obviously the news happened, you know, uh, the charges against John Jones and everything like that. You know, they put him down in the ranking system. He went from the number two pound for pound. Now he's dropped to the four pound for pound. What do you make of the whole John Jones situation? Actually, but I don't even need that. I just want to think, do you still think in the back of your mind that John Jones will meet Francis Ngannou inside the octagon at some point with a belt on the line? If John Jones wants to and is willing to make the proper steps to make it happen, absolutely. Um, it's all it's all John, man. You know, sometimes our, our, our greatest assets that makes us great are also the same things that make that makes us make the wrong choices. You know, John Jones feels like feels like he's a king. And when you feel like you're a king, sometimes you feel like you don't have to answer to anyone. And the moment we get to where we don't have to answer to anyone, sometimes we can make mistakes. And we just hope, first of all, I'm a straight black man in America, African-American, real proud about 
I'm real proud about the African thing. And so I hope John Jones really, and I'm dead serious right here, this is no cap, I hope John Jones really gets his his, his life in order and uh, be a productive member to this society that we live in because too many times we get, we get viewed a certain way. And I really hope he stops adhering to these stereotypes that we have to go through. Not all black men beat their women or don't take care of their kids and all of that type of shit. I was late today picking up my daughter from school, basketball practice. So bigger than this fight thing, John Jones is a brother. I support him. Hopefully he'll do the right things to get on the right side of, of righteousness. And if he does that, he can definitely get into a fight with whoever he wants because he does deserve that. He's He hasn't been beaten in the UFC. He deserves to be able to fight Francis or whomever he selects. Just like if Habib were to come back, he could choose who he'd want to fight. John Jones is the greatest MMA fighter of all time up to this point yep. until Francis surpasses him. So hopefully he'll get his stuff together. And after that, Francis definitely wants that fight. The world deserves a fight like that. And hopefully we'll get it. Yeah, John Jones yeah. has been spending all this time building that body. Talked yeah. about building that strong base. I'm watching him deadlift. I'm watching him squat, you know, yes. getting those legs right, getting him strong. Yes. But even after just seeing how Glover Teixeira won, it just reinforced in the back of my, my mind, man, John Jones is truly the yeah. goat of this sport. He's the LeBron James of this sport or the Michael Jordan of this sport. And we have to, as a fan, I have to see him at heavyweight. And man, oh man, there's no better fight to watch. If you just think about it right now on paper, Francis Ngannou, John Jones. Yeah. And I know that's what Francis wanted as well. Yeah, for sure. Right now, since we have a, a, a real fight, real gun is all we care about. Right. But of course, a fantasy fight would be John Jones and Francis. And I already know what's going to happen in that one anyway. But yeah, if it happens, you know, it'll be great for, for the fans of MMA to see. But the big positive here is... Francis isn't losing out in the bank account here. It's not like he's stripped from a title. The gold is on the line. You have the storyline, too. I think, if anything, it's going to add the hype to it because there's two belts on the line, yes. the interim and the real deal, which Francis has. So I'm extremely happy about that. Yeah, um, for sure. But also, oh, it's a great matchup. And remember, Surreal is a big man, too. So to see two big Goliath dudes yeah. fighting it out, you know, you can't get any better than that. And let's be real, too. The first fight with Derek Lewis, it wasn't the most exciting heavyweight fight of all yes. time as well, too. So I like that things kind of work themselves out. Hindsight's 50-50, but at least where we're at today, January, UFC 270 in Anaheim, that's going to be... A hell of a card, especially too. That's I think this is the first time the UFC is fighting in California since the pandemic started yes, as well. Yes, I think you're at the last one. You and Francis went to the last fight in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, what wasn't it? Uh, Acosta and uh, uh, my my guy Marvin Vittori. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. It was Acosta and and my guy who's now in Bellator. I came in, you know, Yoel Romero. Yes, Romero. 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 <laughs> they were at that yeah. fight. <laughs> they were at that fight. And, and sorry, yo, yo, I, I know your name, you know, uh, I'm thinking about shit. But, yeah, they were at that fight in California. So, yeah, that was huge. So this week is a huge week. I, I don't yeah. know if that we were catching ourselves talking about it. Canelo Plant, Usman, Covington, too, at MSG. This is like a fight fan's dream right here this weekend. Super Bowl of fights. Super Bowl of fights. Yeah, so I hate they're the same. I wish they would have split them up a week apart, man. I know, right? God. But I think the last time the UFC was in New York, there was a Canelo fight, too, when it was the oh, Nate yeah. Diaz Masvidal fight. earlier or later or something. They yeah. waited. They, they waited. waited to have Canelo walk till after yes, the Diaz Masvidal fight. Yeah, so I think did. the same thing's going to end up happening, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, you know... Like I said, man, when Canelo comes to town, it's going down. And Caleb Plant, he's a real one. Don't be surprised, man. Don't be surprised. Everyone puts it in the category of this is just, you know, he might just be like a little bit better version of Billy Joe Saunders, but it's going to end in the same way and type of way. Obviously, Canelo's going to wear him down and, and beat him. And, you know, do you see it differently, though? Um if he's a little bit better than Billy Joe, you better strap up and be nervous as hell because Billy Joe was right where he needed to be. Yeah. One thing I will say, Caleb is not going to quit because he got hit hard. Right. Caleb is not going to quit because something got broken. Guys, it's a fight. And once the, once the bell starts, things get broken. 
are we going to just stop fighting because it happens? No. And I, I know for sure Kayla will fight to the end. So it'll be a little different than Billy Joe regardless because Caleb is going to let his hands go. He can move. He can box. He has the size advantage, and he has a big heart, man. And 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 Coach Larry Wade, uh, all his coaches have really prepared him very well. Man, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. He has a huge chance to shock the world. One thing I will say, it won't be an easy fight for sure. I think I really think Canelo going to win that fight, but I don't think he's going to win by decision. He's going to be by by KO. Yeah. I give him 10 rounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's possible. 10 rounds is a good fight, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a little biased because I know Caleb and my heart is with him, but I just know, man. I know his story. I know how he came up. How he came up. He used to kickbox too, so, yeah. you know, I got love for, for our kickboxing brethren. He got a chance, and uh, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to put the upset. Canelo's arguably the best boxer in the world. I like Terrence Crawford in that, in that like, regard. Yeah. But, yes, pound for pound, probably number one right now. It's hard to, to dethrone the number one guy, so it's definitely a huge task for for, for, for uh, Caleb Plant. Uh, hopefully he can do it. I'm glad you brought that up with Terrence Crawford, too, because you can certainly make that argument. And I'm just so happy that that Sean Porter fight's happening because now Ooh. you're going to see that crossover of the PBC guys that, that opens up the floodgates. So then we could finally see the fight that I've been calling for for years. The best fight she's been calling for, too. Which one? Come on. Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford for the best <laughs> welterweight on the planet. That's that's the fight to make. Yes. That's the best fighting the best. Yes, well, I'll tell you what. Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford is damn close. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, especially the way Sean Porter fought against Errol, Errol Spence, Spence, too. Yes, I'm telling you right now, that's 1A, 1B, because I'm trying to tell you, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter are about to go to war. I can't wait. And November I actually 20th. like the style matchup of Porter versus Crawford better, better than the Errol Spence-Crawford matchup because we know Crawford is going to come with that power boxing, elusive style, switching stance, and we know Porter bringing that pressure. He's bringing real street fighter pressure and I cannot wait to see that fight because Spence will get on his jab and box a little bit so Spence and, and Crawford could end up being a straight boxing match we know with Porter and Crawford it's boxer versus brawler at his highest level and it's going down this weekend Woo, I can't wait. November 20th. Oh, yeah. Number, <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, three be, weeks, three weeks, three, three weeks, weeks. We'll three be there. Three weeks. At Mandalay uh, Bay. That's yeah. Canelo going down Canelo this going weekend. Down. Yeah, give me hype. Okay. Three weeks. By the way, I have a guy. I'll be working that fight. Uh, uh, um, we have a guy fighting. He's fighting the co-main event on that card. And I'm just like the fourth guy. The His trainer called me said, hey, I have room for another corner. You want to jump in the corner for this the co-main event on the Terrence Crawford Sean Porter undercard. I said, hell yeah, I'm there. I had the best seat in the house. <laughs> so I'll be at the show in three weeks. Uh looking forward to it. Us too. So do you give do you give Caleb Plant a better shot at beating Canelo than Colby Covington beating Usman this weekend? Whoa. That's a I mean, I'm going deep. Ooh. I'm going deep. Um um the first fight with Usman and Kobe was a great fight. I felt Usman didn't fight too smart. He could have made that fight easier. But it was a reason. Homie got under his skin. Kobe got under his skin. And he wanted to prove that that, that Wakanda forever for real versus the MAGA shit he had going on. So I understand why Usman went ahead and put them hands on him. Um, but that was a very competitive fight. And some people had... Kobe winning that fight till the knockout happened. You know what I mean? Those people saying, yeah, we had Kobe up two rounds going to the third. You know, it two, was weird. Two. Some yeah. people say 2-2 two, yeah. two going in the fifth. Yeah, it, it was weird. I think they gave him like the fourth round going into the fifth round. It got weird. And who knows what would have happened. Luckily, Usman knocked him out because who knows what would have happened on those scorecards, boy. You know, that, that, that MAGA shit was going on big at that point. Who knows what would have happened. That was a very competitive fight. I see the second fight being competitive also. A lot of people think the the Caleb 
Canelo fight won't be as competitive. So you'd have to say most likely the Usman Covington fight will be more competitive on paper. Um, so I, I would go with that. However, I think Caleb's going to be very competitive and could upset Canelo. And obviously, Usman is number one pound for pound. Francis is on that list too. Do you? What does Francis have to do to be right there and to surpass Usman as number one pound for pound? We already know title defenses. Um, Usman been wrecking shop lately, man. Usman it's going is, through. Usman the is getting twice. busy. Um, so it's, the pound for pound should be about title defenses. Yeah. That's why when everyone starts saying Habib is the number one MMA fighter of all time, we're like, hold your horses. He seems to be that guy. He he, he seems that he could be that guy. But you got to go by title defenses. And that's why I said John Jones and people or Anderson Silva or, you know, GSP. You got to go by title defenses because the guys, you could have a great record in UFC 20 and 0. But if you didn't fight anyone in the top five all the way to the champion, who knows if you're really the truth? We know Habib is the truth, but that that was my problem with saying he was the best guy. I feel he was the pound for pound best at the time he was fighting. But all time, you got to go with title defenses. So what Francis has to do to surpass Usman is keep is keep winning, keep winning in in, in emphatic fashion like he's doing in, in emphatic fashion, and, and he's gonna. He's going to end up being that guy because you cannot surpass the heavyweights. When heavyweights go on a run, the way they be knocking guys out, they got to be number one, man. But as someone with the striking credentials that you guys both have, when you look at what just happened at UFC 267, when you look at the Hamzat Chemayevs, the Islam Makachevs, you look at that region of the world, Dagestan, you see how wrestling is their base and what, it's, what these guys are doing this infiltration of talent from that part of the world, where do you see the future of UFC champions and stylistically how things will shape out over time? It's funny you say that. Everyone has their their era. But remember, man, the, the Dagestanis, the Chechnyans, the Russians, they're coming, but they've been here for a long time. But remember, we got three African champions, brother. Three Izzy, Usman, and Ghana. Wakanda, brother, Wakanda. The, the African raid ain't over yet. However, the the Dagestani region, the Russian region, have always had tough guys. And, and you're right, with, with the wrestling, they're bringing to the table very, 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 uh, very dominant. But everyone is talking about the, the 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 guy you just mentioned fighting Kamara Usman. You know what Usman Chimaev. would do to him? You know what Usman would do to him, man? Usman would beat him on the striking and beat him on the wrestling, man. Usman's the real deal when it comes to wrestling too. There's some boys out here with some good old American wrestling that could that can wrestle with these guys. So that's why, remember a minute ago I said guys could have be 20 and 0, but until they fought the top five all the way up to the champions, we don't know if they're the real deal or not. Let these guys start beating these top five guys and, and fight the champion, especially right now when Usman's in his prime. You, you, you're going to see that there's levels to this, man. Um, I like what, what I'm seeing out of all those guys. I train several. I've been training Uzbek. Kazakhstani and Russian fighters since the early 2000s. Uh, one of my boxing champions was from Kazakhstan, and I've, I stayed an extensive amount of time all over Russia, especially Kazakhstan. Uh, I got love for them Russian fighters. Triple man. G, Kazakhstan. Yeah, Triple G. Of course, I met Triple G years ago before anyone knew who he was. He was a friend of my of, of my boxer, Babu Shumanov, who was the WBA heavyweight champion. So I know about these these Russian fighters, man. Zorsky, Zorsky, Zorsky. With all that power, I know about them. But right now, we got three African champions, brother. It ain't about region, but right now, the African boys running things, and Usman's gonna run things for a while. And I would love to see a matchup with some of the Dagestani fighters against Usman because he's the one guy who does have that good old fashioned wrestling that could counteract what they bring to the table. Yeah, I mean that. See, people are already calling, are already hypothetically thinking Usman Chimaev, but I think Chimaev's next fight, someone like Gilbert Burns, yeah. who's fought for the title, who's yes. got the grappling accolades. That would be fun because you beats them straight up. That's what I'm saying. When they when they when they start moving up to that high level, man, Gilbert's one guy that I, I would pick right now that beats them. I want to see that fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah for I sure. want to because that's the measuring stick. He beats Gilbert, then 
I'm willing to see him fight for yeah. the title next. He needs he needs a few more fights. He needs about a year or two before he's really for that next next championship. The guy has literally taken two strikes in four UFC fights, only one of them being significant. He hasn't yes. even been touched yet. Yeah, yeah, but but that's because he hasn't fought a guy with a well-rounded game and does have some wrestling. If you have no wrestling, these these guys are gonna mop the floor with your ass. You ain't got a shot, straight up. No shot. You got to have some wrestling. So that's where the well-rounded skills come in, and you got to have a, a good wrestling base. Usman has that wrestling base. Uh, Burns has that ground game and explosive power with with, with, his, with his striking. So guys like that, I want to see Chimaev fight to see if he's the real deal. I think they're being hella, way too premature with that. He needs a little more time because, as Francis knows, I'm sorry, as Carlos knows, when when you're fighting and just beating people up too easy, what are you going to do when you finally get hit in the mouth and a guy defends a takedown? Are you going to start doubting yourself? We haven't seen him in, in disadvantaged situations. We've seen Habib get hurt in fights. We've seen him have to almost get choked out against against Poirier, and we've seen what he does at, at that moment of adversity. He gets stronger. Everyone ain't Habib, and uh, I got to see this guy get in those positions before I could crown him as the up-and-coming new dude. That's fair. That's fair. Who do you think's got more hype behind them, or who do you think – let me put it to you this way. Who do you like more between these two guys, Islam and Shemaev? Who do you think fights for the gold strap first, or who do you think becomes a champion first if you think either of them will? I like Islam. I like Islam better because – He's been showing that body of work way longer. Remember, we talked about the system. We talked about the machine earlier. The machine can work against you, like a lot of people felt like it did for Francis with this interim title thing, or it can work for you, catapulting your ass to stardom before you may not even be ready. You know what I mean? So right now he has the machine and the system really working for him, and he seems to be panning out like it's, like it's real, but he's still untested to me. Uh, I, I got to see him fight someone with a well-rounded skill base and who can take it to the ground, too. And I want to see that. And like you said, Gilbert Burns would be a great matchup for us to judge that off of. I want to see it. We were just uh, in Florida. We saw the PFL Championship. You've been following Kayla Harrison's dominant yes, career course, and stuff like that. It's like you talk about what's next, and then you look at the UFC. There's still no rankings for a female featherweight division. They don't have anyone at 145. And I still think, like, when it comes to female MMAs, you have a top tier of certain individuals, and then everyone below, there's still kind of levels to it. When you start talking about the Amanda Nunes, the Valentina Chevchenkos, you look at Rose Nama Nunes, you look at a Kayla Harrison, you can put, like, Joanna and Wei Lee up there too, but, like, it's a limited list. If you're Kayla Harrison, you're a free agent. You know, you got a decision to make. You're making a million dollars when you win these tournaments. Um, you're a teammate of Amanda Nunes. What do you think Kayla Harrison should do? First of all, Kayla's fighting at 155, so there's But no, she did fight at 145 yeah, in Invicta. If she gets to 45, if she can make it healthy, strong, energetic, then she has options. But I'm sorry. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Carlos Takum, this girl has won two years in a row, million-dollar tournaments. And by the way, guys, that's not all she's making. You get paid per fight. Yeah. So that money is is is, is skyrocketing. She's got to be at least 1.5 or more per year. I think so, plus sponsors and all she's that. Sma yeah, I'm talking about just fight purses. She's smashing everyone in, in the company. She hasn't, what, she finally got to a second round? Yeah. I mean— this girl okay. killing everybody. Yeah, this this girl Kayla Harris. She's a two-time Olympic gold medalist for judo. So right. she's you know she's not known for her hands, but she's yeah. taking everyone down and she's slamming them. She's I smashing mean, them. Slams them, grounds and pounds them, submits them. I mean, you're in the PFL, a good company. PFL is gaining momentum. You won two years in a row, a million-dollar tournament. You're a two-time champ. You're a free agent. Come back next year. You're going to get more money per fight. You still still win the million at the end of the year. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You train with the UFC champ, Amanda Nunes, unless you want to bang against your friend. What's the point? Are the UFC going to give her a multi-million-dollar deal right out the blocks? Probably not. Get that money. Get that money. 
at least two, three more times. Be the five-time PFL champion. After the man is that great for you and Amanda to fight at some point, you guys do it for the world and make a, a boatload of money for it. There's no way I would move anywhere else because who's going to beat her at this time? And in those other companies, who's going to beat her in there? She grabbed you, man. She's like Ronda Rousey 2.0. When she grabbed you, man, it's a done deal. She's strong. I love her bravado. And she works hard, man. So I like what she's doing. And I would stay with PFL for sure. What about our guy, Kevin Lee? What's next for him? Like, what, what do you do? Because this guy, one of the best in the division in his time, the fight with Tony Ferguson for the interim belt at one time, toe-to-toe with the best guys. I was there in New York. Actually, last time the UFC was in New York. With that 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 head kick, that knockout, yeah. uh, Gregor Gillespie, that was the knockout of the night at that fight. He's had so many flashes of brilliance, and then obviously he's had a lot of letdowns. How do you write the ship? Um, we just got to get back to training and get back to to the purity of what brought you to the sport. So many times, and Carlos, he knows this, so many times we get clouded by success and expectation and all of this. We got to do this for us. When he trains, he trains for him. And of course, the whole country of Cameroon is rooting and they're, they're cheering, so that's pressure. But we gotta do it for ourselves. And and the basic premise of mathematics is what the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid. When shit gets too crowded and complex, go back to the basics and keep it simple. To Kevin's defense, he did have two ACL tears. He that was his first fight. His last fight against Rodriguez was his first fight back. 170, from, too. Yeah, at 170. But after two major knee surgeries, man, fighting is hard to do. I've had four knee surgeries, and I remember the fight, my first fight coming back. I was fighting in K1, kickboxing, where they kicking the kneecaps all day. It was weird wondering, can I really check these kicks? So... Um, this last fight Kevin had, um, the game plan was going good, and things just happened. But he did come off two two major knee surgeries, and um, he can definitely make this. He can he can rewrite this the correct way. It's just about just getting back to the gym, no stress, just express, and just feeling doing this for him, feeling good about what he's doing, and and just kind of alleviating all the static. And and he's doing that right now. He's taking the proper steps to to get getting back to himself. And as a coach and a friend of Kevin, I love him dearly. Whatever he needs, I'm down to do it. Whether I'm in the picture or not, he's my guy. Uh, I rock with Kevin Lee for real. So I just wish the best for him. And uh, he will be, you know. He has a good family structure and all that. He'll be back. It's just unfortunate, man. This fight world is unforgiving. You get a few losses and people just write you off like like, like you were never that guy. And that's why we don't listen to the static. That's why we listen to our heart, our soul, and our mind and nothing else. And that's all he has to do. 170 or 155, where do you like to see him? You know, that's, that's, that's a complex question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a complex question, man. God, it's such a peculiar situation um, with that. Uh, and as, as the coach, unfortunately, I can say I really don't know. I like him at 170 um, because I know it's safer. So I guess I got to go with 170. Just got to deal with it at 170. 155, man, those cuts were scary. That's why I've been pushing that 165-pound weight division. Just make it increments of 10. 155, yes. 65, make welterweight 175. Better, better, better. That's too much of a jump. Even between 185 and 205, you guys don't have that in boxing because you have a cruiserweight. But, like, yeah. 20 pounds at, at that type of size, yeah. that's a lot yeah, of weight. Last week they started the first ever yeah. Bridgerweight title. Bridgerweight title. <laughs> Bridger title. <laughs> you guys are here? Last week. It's it's <laughs> light heavyweight, cruiserweight, bridger weight, then heavyweight. Um, so Oscar Rivas, so more about Oscar Rivas, Oscar Rivas just won the bridgerweight yes. title last week, and and the bridgerweight title was named after a kid who who the, it was a little boy who saved his drowning sister or, or saved her from dogs or it was it was a crazy story like a hero a heroic story a little kid like fought off 
dogs or something to save his sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Is that the one who's got the scar yes, in the face? Yes, yes, I know who that is. And yeah. they named oh. that belt after him. Well, wow. I'm so happy that's, about that's that. Awesome. I'm happy about that story. Yeah, that's a yeah. great story. Yeah. What's the weight? 200 to 220. That makes it interesting because Deontay, Deontay Wilder's weight. Yeah. Deontay oh, yeah. Wilder's weight. Exactly. Is that the future of Deontay Wilder's fights? Uh, I, mean, I, doubt, I doubt it. He's, he's heavyweight champ, 40 wins, 40-some knockouts. I doubt it. But but there is a new weight class, sir. So if, yeah. the reason why I bring it up, if boxing could do it, so can mixed martial arts. Get the goddamn race right. 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 205, and every ways. Let's go. Yes. So, Carlos, with all the dogs that you've been inside the, the squared circle with, like, um, who hits the damn hardest? Oh, this is a question that asks me every time. <laughs> Come on. Carlos said, nobody, brother. We'll cut the Well, I mean, I'm opening this up for, you know, Wakanda Francis Ngannou. Is he up there? I, I, I Basically, <laughs> if I could steer this question in a better way, it's like I, I, I want to know the difference between the MMA power and the boxing power. Ah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. But for that question you just asked me, I'm gonna. Uh, I have some someone, Mike Perez. You okay. know Mike Perez. Mike Perez. I remember yeah. Mike Perez. Mike Perez. I fought with him in in Montreal. That guy was. Man, oh my God! <laughs> he was hitting hard, huh? Yes. <laughs> to him, say that yeah. he must have been hitting hard. <laughs> yes, that guy was powerful. Yes, Mike Perez, that guy. Since I fight Mike Perez, I never fought somebody like this. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you answer that pretty simply. Yeah. You you knew the answer right off the bat. <laughs> In the dream fight. Carlos, dream fight all time, not just the fighters of today. Yeah. What heavyweight would you love? Would you have loved to fight? You know, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier. Yes. What? Yes. Joe Frazier. We had Ali's grandkids in the podcast too. We had yeah. Nico and Biagio yes. too, and Nico's yes. now two and zero. Oh. Yes. I think he just needs to uh, get that head movement uh, and that defense up a little bit, but uh, yeah, a little. Just keep training and keep yeah. doing what Top Rank's doing with him. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Carrying on the legacy. I mean, that's that's what counts too, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, sir, why Joe Frazier versus no, Ali? No, come on, stop. stop. I mean, I yeah, why I Joe Frazier over Ali? I cannot say nothing now. Okay. Come on, Okay. It's gonna be official, so I can. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Hey guys, I swore to secrecy. Don't worry. Coming soon. Coming soon. Anything that you want to plug that you can plug that right here, right now on the podcast. We really appreciate you guys coming on. In December, we were supposed to fight Tyson Fury last yes. December. Yes. Remember? During the pandemic, yeah. we were this close to signing a fight with Tyson Fury. Fury. I was so excited. So they canceled the fight. Yeah. So I just want to say, ask you, what you for Tyson Fury for that fight? <laughs> and we know, we're going to come back. Don't worry. Yes. We're coming back. After the fight in January, in February, you know what's going to happen. Yes, yes. Okay. And, and and since we're talking, I'm going to take over your show, Schmo and Helen. Carlos, um, you're from Cameroon. Francis from Cameroon. Um, how are we going to really improve the boxing We'll speak strictly boxing, the boxing in Africa. What do we have to do to really? There's been some great fights, Zuma Nelson, you know, several guys, but per capita, what kind of movements we have to make to help improve the overall boxing training and boxing uh, development in Africa? Why are you asking that question? Oh, it's a great question. It's a great question. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, no, I just... no, I know, I know. I understand. You know, the last time I was in Africa, I made a tour in Africa, Congo, Cameroon, Gabon, and Rwanda for the same question. They asked me the same question in Africa. So I told people in Africa, I'm here now today because I want, uh, I really want, like, to... To, to find the real the real boxing because you know in Africa everybody want to be champion 
Yes. But they don't have an opportunity. You know, they don't give them the, that opportunity to, 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 to be champion. We don't have a gym in, in Africa. You know, we don't have a gym in Africa. We, don't, we have nothing. So everywhere I go in Africa, like in Congo, in Cameroon, I try to build something. I try to, to, to put a gym in, in, in Congo. I try to, to organize a fight in Congo to see what I can do to help a people in Africa to be champion for tomorrow. Yes, yes. So I try my best, you know, like, you know, I try yes, my best to do everything I can of course. in Africa to help them too. So if you're listening to this show, you know, we give money to all different things. We need to set up a structure, especially all the brothers out there, boxing champions and stuff. We need to go give back to the motherland, go out there, do a tour, do a camp, train some kids, inspire some kids, because we do it everywhere else, man. So we definitely need to do that because we see just from the emergence of MMA how great some of these guys can be. And, and, and boxing also, so we, we really need to get back there. And I've been talking to Carlos about that. I can't wait to go to Africa and train yeah, the kids I, I, and yeah, all of I that. I remember the last time I was in Congo. Yes. In that place, the, the, the place where oh, Ta- uh, Muhammad Tali and... and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was at, in Zaire. Yeah, in Zaire. And where, where, where Ali and, and Ali Foreman and, and fought. Foreman fight. I, 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 he was in yeah, the stadium and he called me. Stadium, Look where I, I am. I showed you the picture. I everything. I said, we're here to make the same fight like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. We want to make the same thing in Congo. And people in Congo support us. So they asked me if I can bring George Foreman, if I can bring Leila Ali to Congo. I said, yes, I can do it. So he's, he told me, let's do it. Let's make that fight. Yes. Yeah. And we need to keep petitioning for yeah. UFC Africa. Just just because they've been everywhere else. Why the fuck not? You can have three title fights. Yeah. Crazy night. As long as things go. According <laughs> to plan. Hey, don't try to jinx us, buddy. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to jinx it. I would come. I would be there. Yeah. We would be there in Africa 100%. Definitely. And you have your gym opened up a few months Big ago scary. now. Yes, no, well, a new no, gym, a new gym, a new gym, okay. <laughs> a new gym. I, I tell you guys, we just opened up a place basically last week. It was October first, but we made it open to the public last week. Congrats. Um, it's uh, the the exact address. I don't even know it off my head. It's so new. Hold on one second. But anyway, we opened up a new gym. I did a partnership with my friend Eric, and we have a gym called Split T Boxing BK MMA. And uh, it's on Blue Diamond. I'm not sure if you guys know that yeah, area. We live Blue nearby. Diamond, Arville. There used to be that UFC gym in that plaza. Yep. We oh. bought that out and took it over as of October 1st. Oh, congrats. So that gym is now called Split T Boxing BK MMA. And uh, we have a lot of great programs there. We got just classes every hour. We got, of course, the professional training. We have amateur training. And then we have regular fitness and kids' classes for kids that want to come out and learn real training. Still, we make it exciting and fun, but you're learning real techniques. And uh, we have stuff for women that just want to come there and get in shape, heavy bag classes and boxing classes and stuff of that nature. Uh, yeah, man, we're real excited about the gym. We're newly open. Uh, uh, we have all kind of deals going on. You know, come check us out. Um, the actual address is... Let me read the address. Like I said, it's brand new. I got so many addresses in my head. Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I don't know it off bat, but you know, you know how that shit goes. Uh, it's forty three eighty uh, Blue Diamond. Forty three eighty Blue Diamond. Check but, but, it out. But, but just remember, guys, it's a big ass plaza. Got the Target in there, Tropical Smoothie, a Coles grocery uh, clothing store. I always store. go in that plaza. Yeah, we're right there. There's a uh, Massage Envy there. There's a Quick Care there. Baskin Robbins. Uh, Man, just, just a shout out every single place yeah. restaurant. Here we go. I know all the places, but I don't know the fucking address. The- <laughs> no, it's, it's a good area. I know exactly where it is. There's a Bears bar across the street too. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so I know that's there. So yeah, check us out. Split T boxing, BKMMA, whether you into boxing or mixed martial arts or just, you know, getting in shape and, and uh, your fitness, we got, we got it there. Oh, the camera's there. Check us out. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. I appreciate you guys coming yeah, thank on. Thank you. Episode 82 of the Schmo Zone podcast. Wow, episode 82. 82. Schmo, you're not going to talk about anything controversial like like Joe Rogan being banished by the media <laughs> for his... <laughs> For his take on the vaccine or or anything weird, any any real life topics we want to talk about so people can see our worldwide broad perspective on real shit. What we doing? <laughs> I mean these 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 fans, there's so many great fights going on. What did you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about UFOs? <laughs> yeah, do you believe in them or not? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I do too. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Every every single civilization, great civilization that has lived on this this world has come to an end. Sadly, I hate to end things on bad notes, but uh, <laughs> civilizations come to will come to an end. Yes. We know more about space than we know more about our oceans, too. Yes, oh. yes 100%. But the AI will be the demise of the civilization. 100%. And that I shit think, ain't gonna happen until about yeah. 2300 or something. Well, you know, I never say never. The, the way technology is moving this day and age, there's things that happened 10 years ago that I never thought 10 years forward we'd see now. Yes. Just these smartphone devices, too. Imagine the technology that we have in these phones is better than what put us on the moon. That's right, 100%. So, you know, it's it's scary thoughts. But but, but but humanity will prevail for the next 170, 100, 200 years, then we'll die off because these phones will conquer us eventually and <laughs> we'll be obsolete. But that ain't happening until about 2300. I chose 23 because of Michael Jordan's number. <laughs> and uh, we're going to rock with that. And, you know, I did say the greatest of all time, Basel, it's not LeBron, it is Michael Jordan. Thank I'm a diehard Michael Jordan. And debate. Right. LeBron's awesome. We love him. He's a better philanthropist uh, than Michael Jordan. 100%. Uh, and, and civil rights guy yeah. than Michael Jordan. But we talk about that court. Forget about it, man. It's yeah. MJ all day. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. I agree. And that's the best way to end this episode. Appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you very much. Carlos Takum, Cameroon, Wakanda forever. Forever.